Welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon here with my friend and Chavuta Yerdena Osband, our daf of the day, Masachet Bavakama, daf Yudchet, page 18. At the top of the daf, we have a breita, right? They're still trying to resolve the situation of the chicken with the bucket. So let's see what they have to say. Tashma, excuse me. Tarnagolin shayu mechatatin badli v'nifsak v'nishbar hadli. They're pecking a bucket and the rope breaks and the you know, the whole thing falls, and the the bucket breaks. Mishalmim nezek shalim. So that breita says that the owner of the chickens would have to And so we can conclude from that breita that the idea is to follow the initial action that led led to the final damage, meaning the the rope itself, right? That, that leads to us to conclude that the breaking or the the, I don't know what, the wearing away, I guess is the right thing that happens there, to the rope that makes it tear is the initial action that leads to the breakage of the bucket. But the Gemara says, hang on, isn't rope, isn't eating or pecking at a rope atypical behavior? Meaning, isn't that a strange thing for the chickens to do to begin with? Meaning, that's weird. Meaning, we should think that what's going on here is that the rope is icky with dough. Like there's, you know, dough like for challah, bread, something, and it's on the rope, and that's why the chickens have come to peck at it. Because what are they doing pecking at a rope? If there's food there, okay, maybe. So, one second, the fact is, doesn't that same Tana teach in the Breta that the bucket broke, meaning the language is the, the, the bucket itself broke, not that somebody broke the bucket. Um, Katani, Ella, Sumchusi. So let's understand that this Breita is in accord with the opinion of Sumchus. What does Sumchus say? And sometimes he's pronounced Sumachus. Okay. Um, Meaning Sumchus says that in general, this case that we've been talking about now for Dapim, many, many Dapim, is that Tzrurot, which when it happens from an animal, namely the animal kicks up the pebbles and the pebble hits something else and that's what damages it. So according to Sumchus, you would pay Nezik Shalom, you'd pay the complete damage. Now, this kind of flies in the faces of, of everything that we have said about about Tzrurot to begin with, because this was the case, if you'll recall, that we said, Halach Lamoshim Misinai, the Gemara stipulates that this is something upon which there has never been a dispute. The idea that Tzrurot comes from Regel, meaning it is uh, Tolada, essentially, right? It is a derivation of Regel, um, the animal trampling. But because it is so unpredictable or unexpected or unreliably expected, we say that the owner would pay Chatsi Nezek, not Nezek Shalim. So Sumchus thinks that you should pay Nezek Shalim, but that's at odds with everything that we've said thus far. So the Gemara goes on. He's Sumchus, a Masefa. You want to say that this Breita is, in the, according to the opinion of Sumchus, then focus then on the end of the Breita, namely, Nitan Mimenu Shever Venafal Akli Acher Ushvara. Right? So what happens? That the, there's a shard from this breakage, and it falls on a different vessel, and that then breaks. So you've, the chickens pecked at the rope, the rope broke, the bucket fell, you pay Nezek Shalim on the bucket that fell, now a shard from that bucket, that bucket that fell and broke, I should not, it's not just that it fell, it broke and it flew into the air and it hit another kind of, I don't know, a window pane, let's say, and it breaks the window, 
And for that case now, now you're talking a whole separate step removed, shouldn't that then be chatzinezek? But the thing is that if this is all in according to the opinion of Sumchus, do we see then that he would say Chatzinezek, that you in fact do, that is a fulfillment of the requirement of of Trurot, right? These pebbles, Chatzinezek, and that you have this halacha that you only pay half? Or did Sumchus say, you know, we have to understand, did he think that there was never such a thing as Chatzinezek? So the Gemara goes on to pay attention again to what is Sumchus's position. So would Sumchus draw a distinction between the case of attenuated causation where the animal kicks up a pebble and the pebble damages, you know, let's say a pane of glass, or, for example, the animal kicks up a pebble, breaks a pane, which the pebble breaks a pane of glass, a shard from the pane of glass, you know, um, pokes, uh, I don't know, another animal in the eye, God forbid, right? So there we've got kocho, right, the, the nezek kocho, and the koach kocho, the, the damage that is that one more step removed. Ve'ehela had the bai Rav Ashi. So Rav Ashi comes and says, he resolves it, koach kocho l'sumchus, ke kocho dami, or no, rather, I'm sorry, Rav Ashi comes to ask the, the question that we have here. Koach kocho l'sumchus, ke kocho dami, olav ke kocho dami. Is it that Sumchus would agree that those are different cases, meaning the extra step of attenuated causation in the mix makes a, a distinction between Nezek Shalem, paying full damages versus Chatsi Nezek half damages, or not? So the Gemara answers and says that all of this could just be resolved in a different kind of way, right? When you're talking about, let's say that it's, you know, not like the power, the strength of the animal to begin with, right? That the force is generated by the action. So Ravashi at this point has not resolved this question based on our Breita. And Sumchus apparently, so far, is not said to distinguish between Koach ben Nezekocho and Koach Kocho, and the secondary um, attenuated causation. Rather, Elalav Rabbananhi. So the Gemara says, well, isn't it the case, right, that this Breita really does go in according with, according to the rabbi's view, the sage's view? And then we can inclu- conclude from that 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 they paskin that their that their halachic decision is to follow the first case, meaning what what led to the beginning of the damage. In this case, the chickens pecking at the at the rope would then make the the bucket fall, right? But the bucket falling damages, you know, and then a, a shard flies up, and so on. All of that is already secondary. Let's just assume we're going after the beginning cause causation of the damage. Isn't that a nice package? Except for the following. Amar of Baby Bar Abaye. Rav Baby Bar Abaye says there's no way to prove that that's what the break the case is because really what you could say then is that this is a case where the bucket is regularly, it says ka'azil, it's moving, right, from the impetus of the chickens. What does that mean? The chickens are regularly pecking at this particular rope, maybe because it was breaded over, whatever, it was icky from dough. De ka'azil mine mine. So what happens that the the Breita says that yes, this owner of these chickens needs to pay Nezek Shelley and they has to pay full damages. But if we say that these chickens were a known menace, 
right? And that they were regularly coming to peck at this. And it was clear that eventually they were going to break the rope and the bucket was going to fall and it was going to break and that puts everything else at risk. Then perhaps we can say that this doesn't answer anything, really. It's just its own case, right? It doesn't tell us enough about why Sumchus always says Nezek Shalem. It doesn't tell us enough to say, well, maybe that we're going to go after the first event and and always that will be the, the determination of damage. Maybe it's just in this particular case, because these chickens were known to be doing this, you know, so then perhaps the owner should have been taking greater precautions to prevent them from coming to peck at the rope and where the bucket is. And since he didn't, so then he has to pay Nezek Shalit. Meaning, now, the Gabbard doesn't quite say all of those words. It says, when it would go, when it would move from it, from it. But the logic there holds true in a way that I think is is helpful to understand what we're doing with this chicken's case to begin with and what the whole, you know, brouhaha is about Sumchus's position to what extent or when do you extend the policy of Nezek Shalem to pay full damages even when we have halacha stipulating very clearly, right, halacha Moshe Misinai, that in fact, true wrote this case of attenuated causation should only be chatzin Nezek. So I think what's interesting about this, you know, whole discussion about the opinion of Sumchus is that, to me, it's very clear that the the cases of chetz, of chetzi nezek, right, of half damages, are in a way much more complicated than the full damages. And we're going to see this with Rava comes with basically a, a question here to understand exactly that category of true rote, right, where we know that you pay half damages. But Rava kind of takes a step back and asks the essential question about it, where he says, Gufa by Rava. So Rava wants to know, can there be muad for tsurot, or is there no muad? And essentially, what's this question asking? Do we say it's like Karen, meaning what? That Karen, we know you can have Karen Tom, right? The first time an animal gores, you would still pay uh, half damages because it was Tom. It wasn't expected. It wasn't a way that we expected the animal to cause damage. And then after three times, it becomes considered muad uh, and you would be paying full damages. Or do we say, or do we say that it's always considered to be a tolada of regal? So that even after three times, we still consider it to be regal, meaning that the animal is just doing normal activity, um, you know, that an animal does. And therefore, the damages are still, um, but still the animal would, the owner would only pay half damages. Um, and so this would be a case where the Torah says this is normal behavior, but yet you still only pay half damages. Um, and so that's sort of the question that Rava is trying to ask here. So they want to bring a proof to try to figure this out. And they quote a bray, Satoshma, Hidus eno muad, v'yeshamrim harizem muad. Hopping is not considered muad for a chicken, and this brisa was quoted before, but some say that it can be considered muad. So the Gemara wants to say, can you think that this is, brisa is just talking about sort of simple hopping, right? Everyone should agree that it's normal for a chicken to hop. So rather, what's the brisa talking about? It's hopping where pebbles get sent flying like into a clea, into a utensil. And then what happens? It goes ahead and it and it uh it, it breaks that utensil. My lav kagonda avits latas mine ubaha kamaflike. So is this not speaking of a case where the chicken did it three times 
And the Tanaim and the Breitah are basically arguing about this. Mar Saba Yesha Adal, Umar Saba Ena Adal. Right? One says there is Muad, and the other was for this type of Tzrurot, uh, and the other one says there is no Muad. Meaning, after the animal does it three times, uh, then we would say that the, you know, that it's Muad and the animal, the owner should have to pay for full damages. Um, and so that, you know, so so that's a possible point to show there. So that would answer Rava's question by saying, yes, it actually is like Karen, because our original question is, is that Surod is actually like Karen. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, so it's, it's actually like Karen. Now, the Gemara actually wants to reject this and says, So it goes back to our original Machloka saying that we were talking about. No, the Tanayim could, are speaking about sort of the Tzururot of one time. In other words, they're not talking about a case where it happened three times. And they're arguing exactly on what, you know, Sumchus and the rabbis are disagreeing about, right? Do you pay half Nezek or do you pay full Nezek? So they're going to try to quote another source here, Toshma, Behema Shihitla Gilalim Leisa. So if an animal dropped dung onto dough, right, and that obviously ruins the dough, Rabbi Huda Omer Mishalem Nezek Shalem. So Rabbi Huda says the animal's owner is going to pay full damages. For Rabbi Elazar Omer Chetzi Nezek. And Rabbi Elazar says you only pay half damage. My love could go into Mine So again, isn't this only speaking of a case where an animal did it three times? And what Rav Yehuda and Rav Elazar argue about is this: Mar Umar And this is exactly what they're, you know, uh, you know, arguing about, right? Can it sort of move over or not move over? Um, and and the question would be sort of, you know, this when the when the droppings when the dung falls. This is sort of another type of, <clears throat> you know, this would be sort of another example of Tzuru Road, not the pebbles, but the dung sort of just falling. Um, although one, so many of the commentators point out that this seems much more abnormal. This isn't like walking, you know, and then pebbles go flying up. So the Gemara doesn't like this price. And again, they say, no, the Amorayim are talking about it's the one time. And again, this is just the same machlokas as Sumchus and the rabbis. So the Gemara says, Mishunaku, right? So they ask the question, which is, okay, but isn't this case, it's abnormal, right? It's not the normal case. It's unusual for an animal to, you know, sort of have its dung fall into dough. So even if it does, then it really should be more like a case of Karen, right? Like Karen Tam. And even Rav Yehuda would agree, you should actually pay only half. Why would you be paying full? This is an unusual case, so you should be paying half. It's not a, a regular case. So the Gemara answers, So the Amrayim are talking about a case where the animal was basically put into a, was confined, meaning there was a, it was a narrow space, so there's no other place that the dung could have gone. So again, when we read things like this, this then really becomes sort of a boundary in case, right? Because they're trying to really define sort of normal tzrurot, uh, and it's basically saying that in a case where the dung had nowhere else to go, it's not abnormal, but it's actually normal. So then the Gemara says, V'lema Rav Yehuda So if the Amorayim are trying to, you know, trying to figure out how much you pay, 
then Rabbi Yehuda should follow, you know, should say the halacha follows Simchus. Vilema Rabbi Elazar halacha karavanan, and Rabbi Elazar should say the halacha follows the rabbis. Right? Why do they make it as their own machlokas? Why doesn't each one of them quote the Tana, the Tanaitic opinion that actually fits their uh, that fits their opinion? So the Gemara says Gitlalim istri chale. Rabbi Elazar needed to teach us the specific case of the dung that it is actually a cave of of Srorot. You might have thought that since the dung is sort of, you know, uh, it's literally sort of like subordinate to the animal's body, meaning the droppings are inside the bodies, inside the body. So it's like a case when an animal does damage directly with its body. And therefore, he informs us, no, it's actually considered a case of tsururot. In other, right? In other words, the case of regel with the pebbles is that the animal's walking along and the pebbles, right? It's not something that's part of the actual animal's body, you know, gets kicked up and it hits a kli and the kli is damaged. Here, this case of the dung, one might have thought that it should be considered part of the animal's body. It comes from the animal, it was inside of the animal. And so the chiddush of, right, what's unique or innovative about Rabbi Elezer's opinion is, is that he's saying, no, it's not like the animal is doing damage. It's actually like this pebble case, and that's why you're only going to pay half damages. So the Gemara is going to bring another brisa also to try to figure this out. But I think this we're gonna this this concept of the tzurot is gonna come up many times in this masachat. This is not the first time it's gonna come up, and it's gonna be discussed a lot at the end of the masachat. Um, but I, you know, when Rava comes and sort of asks this question, I, I think he he's it's really a conceptual question. I think it's less halachalamasa, but it's much more. It's like trying to understand if we want if our starting port was the first mishnah. Um, of the Masechet, where we sort of had these categories of damagers. So then his question basically is, this category, this case of the pebble, is it more like Karen or is it more like Regal? And once you understand that, that really should inform you, do you think it's Chetzi Nezek or do you think it's Nezek Shalem? And I think that's kind of like the angle at which Rava is approaching this. Well, that's our top discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Reverend Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadra website. Let us know what you thought about this stuff on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.